Welcome to the Talk and Chatter Experience, powered by Gasoline Alley Harley Davidson, Early Motorcycle Tires Australia, and TCX Boots. Welcome, Harry Voigt. Thank you. Thanks for having me. What do you What do you like to be called? Is it Harry or Harrison? What What's the go there, mate? What's the go to? Oh, well, honestly, all my logos got Harry Void on it, so yeah, I go with Harry pretty much. Yeah, I thought that would be the case because everywhere I see it, see your name and here, and I thought, oh, we'll start with Harry. I'll ask the question, then we'll fire up and see what what the go is, mate. So, um, yeah, who's Harris? Who's Harry Void? A uh, kid from the Gold Coast, um, races motorbikes over in Europe, and yeah, he's having fun while he's doing it. Mate, you you've been on a run. Like, you've been on the gas. Obviously, you came home at the end of last year, the end of 2022. You had to get some things cleaned up. I guess that was one thing. And since then, you've been riding bikes a fair bit here and training, practicing and everything else. What 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 have you been up to? Yeah, so I come home after the last round of Red Bull Rookies. I think that was early, November, around about November. And, uh, yeah, exactly. I come home, got some screws taken out i was originally going to get the rods taken out of my whole leg but considering with how it is we weren't sure if to take them out or not so um the doctor said i'll oh, just keep them in and we'll just remove the screws so i recovered from that around about this december took me a few weeks to hobble around again and then yeah obviously i've been home for quite a while now just getting ready to go back to Europe in a couple of weeks. And, uh, yeah, I've been run heaps. Mate, tell me about your experience in Red Bull Rookies. Like, it's um, something that a lot of people within the sport would love to get into. Um, it's very hard to get into, like, incredibly difficult to get into. Tell me about your experience in that. Yeah, my experience, honestly, was unreal. Like, um, childhood dream was wow. awesome. Um, I got uh, promoted into a Red Bull for Major Talent Cup. Um, I got a call up when I was in quarantine 2020, doing the quarantine in Brisbane, and um, yeah, Dorna, people from Dorna said, oh, we'd like to promote you into the Red Bull MotoGP Rookies Cup, and I was honestly speechless. Um, yeah, it's, it's been a very, very good opportunity, and I'm very grateful for it. Mate, did, was it on the radar at all at that point when you're sitting in quarantine, or was that just a random out of the blue phone call? Well, I applied for the Red Bull Rookies, yep. like the application was open, and yep. obviously I signed to do Moto3 Junior with Paolo, and yeah, I put my name in, because I thought I need to try and make it to the next step, and uh, yeah, they called me up and they said, oh, like it was actually before they announced it on social media, and they said, oh, well, we're going to put you in, but just like keep it quiet until then, and I was yeah honestly i was so excited but i was like trying to stay calm not to tell anyone because you're sitting in quarantine too like you get all this energy through you you get cool like that you're like I've got, there'd be so much to contain mate oh yeah i was so bored it was just dad and i sharing a yep. room and uh yeah obviously 14 days of it so we're getting bored yeah sitting inside and then yeah to get that yeah. type of phone call yeah it was a bit of a buzz and yeah i just felt like doing stuff but <laughs> <That's> <laughs> sitting a in a box ultimate pick me up like, you know, when you get like 10 days into that silly thing or something to get a call like that, those last four days would be a breeze. I reckon it's just like, all right, I can get through this now. So, because 14 days, mate, that was a killer time, eh? Yeah, for sure. Now, how does, you obviously started in carts. Well, not obviously, I know you started in carts, but um, how, how did it all start for you? Yeah, well, I started in go-karting at the age of seven out of Ipswich. Um, kind of got, like, well, didn't get put into it, but dad come from racing cars. Yeah. And so I kind of grew up around race cars and yeah I love race cars and that's what I wanted to do originally start off and go-karting and 
try and make it to supercars or something. That was like my yep. vision. But um, <laughs> yeah, I was getting helped by Aaron and Glenn Seaton as they live around the corner from us. Right. And yeah, it kind of started from there. And it was just for fun and I was enjoying it a lot. But yeah, I didn't as enjoy it as much. And then dad like found out, I think he was in a run door or something. He heard the bikes going down at my catches. Yep. And yeah, he was like, really surprised because he obviously the club shut down for quite a few years yep and uh yeah he literally bought me like peewee 50 and then we he took me down to hatches and yeah it all kind of started from there and yeah my passion kind of went away from carts and four wheels and steered towards two wheels so is that like a quick transition like you you know you want to drive a supercar uh, that, that you know as a goal that is something you go okay this is something i can do till all of a sudden you get on a bike did that goal of that just sort of just just fade yeah it did fade wow. pretty quick um yeah my passion for bikes yeah it's i can't describe it honestly it's a good feeling to have and yeah i've been doing it for quite a while now yeah each day i love it uh, i i i don't know how you do it and i, I rode with you in coughs in january right and I'm going to say this very faintly. I rode with you because you rode past me and through me, outside me, everything, right? So I didn't ride with you, but I was on the track at the same time. And the trust you have in a bike, phenomenal. Like, I, I don't know how you do it. I, I just don't know how um, there's a particular time. I got on camera. I'll put it up to this as well. You came past me, you know, that last corner at Coffs? Yeah. Under the straight. And like the thing, like you nearly had the peg scraping on this loose, loose track and just everything that was going on at once, like the bike was coming around then you, like just so much to process. How do you process things? Honestly, I don't know. Like, I guess yep. I'm, I'm a bit of a goon, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, I started from dirt, did yep. flat track for quite a while. So that's basically my background, flat track, obviously. And then yep. I steered onto road. But yeah, I did flat track for many years. Um, biggest rival was Tom Drain and Archie McDonald, but mainly Tom. Yep. So um, yeah, I learned a lot been like racing against Tom and stuff and obviously now I haven't been racing flat track or riding it as much but when I do I always love it. Yeah, it's 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 a cool feeling. It's it's such a such a raw sport still. You yeah. know, there's not much there's not much like it, you know, you basically could just go put on a tire and just go and ride. Yeah, it's like compared to the tire like you got to spend lots of money. Yeah. Obviously in flat track you still spend a lot of money. Yeah. You want a good bike and whatnot. But um yeah, for like that buzz and like getting the adrenaline pumping for four laps, like yeah. just like no mucking around straight into it. Like yeah. it's a good feeling. I love that. It gives me like a good buzz and yeah, it makes me like love the sport even more. So how, how do you transfer from, and we'll, and we'll touch more about the dirt track over the years and flat track. Uh, how do you transfer from riding four laps into doing like a rookie's race where there's multiple laps and stuff? Do you, how do you, how do you get your brain up to the speed of doing so many laps compared? Not really sure, honestly. Obviously, for a, I've been training a lot, and you kind of yep. get used to trying to like ride for half an hour flat out compared to four laps and flat track. So, honestly, the flat track was good because those four laps you, in a final, you try not to make a mistake. If you want to yep. win, like it's all on the line. And I remember I'd almost spew every single time before a final because I was just I wanted to win so bad. Yeah, I didn't want to make any mistakes. So. Yeah, like your focus, you're a lot more aware of what's going on. And I think that's kind of helped me go to road because like you have, I don't know, like 15 laps. So it's not as bad. 
Yep. But those first couple laps, if you make a mistake or you got to make it happen, like yep. it's it's helped a lot. So the first two laps in road racing is like four laps in flat track. You you know that they're so crucial, isn't yeah. it? Those if you lose a gap or make a mistake, you you're in a fifteen lap race. You've got thirteen laps of just trying to pay back that mistake. You know, it's yeah. pretty hard, isn't it? Yeah, it's difficult, especially in the Red Bull and Moto Free Junior. I did like it's just a dog fight, like. Yeah. yeah, it's just constantly battling. Sometimes you might be able to break away, but other times you're in a battle with 10 to 5 guys that all want to win. So it's crazy. Yeah, every single lap was just full on. So how do you start as a junior? You ride a Pee Wee 50. Like a Pee Wee 50 is the natural start for everyone. Do you remember it? Yeah, I remember it. Uh, <laughs> it's funny because I was riding. <laughs> I was obviously quite big for the Pee Wee. I was like seven years old. Yep. And you know, like the Pee Wee had like the two suspensions on like yep. the back. Yeah, and I hit a bum and it flew out. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, like actual suspension, like the spring or something. Yeah, the spring popped out. So um, oh, yeah, no. I remember it and yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Now, you've kept a few of your bikes over time. Do you still have your peewee? Yeah, I've still got my peewee. Yeah, cool. It's funny, dad's kept, he tried to keep all my bikes, like yep. the ones that are important. He's got my peewee, 85, 80 mod, and then I think I've still got my 250 and stuff that I'm still riding. Yep. It's cool to be able to do that, you know, and like my my peewee, I know where it's at from being a kid. And I got that in 1987. Yep. So, but it's never getting sold back to me. I want it. I could never ride, obviously, but I would like to have it. But they're, they're classic machines, peewee 50s. Like every rider's ridden them. Like everyone that's ridden has basically started on those, you know? Yeah, and it, it's like... It's a good feeling when you find your proper bike. Like mm. Dad's kept a lot of his bikes. Like he's managed to find them. The guy that helps me with yep. being my mechanic, Port Lockhart, um, he restores most of those old bikes. Yep. And he managed to find majority of those bikes that Dad raised. Uh -huh. So he like would get Dad buy them and send them to Paul and like redo them up like how they were originally. So yep. yeah, literally at Dad's workshop, he's got my bikes and then he's got like a stack of his ones and a few others that it's not his but he raced before because Paul Lockhart um, he was a pretty good racer too I believe in his time yeah he was so, good he's got a lot stuff. of footage of like all the old races like so many you could just sit there yeah. all week re-watching Troy and people like that yeah, it's pretty crazy I, I do remember like when you just said his name I, I see him pop up on a lot of the flat track uh, Facebook pages and stuff yep. and it's his video footage yeah, a lot of the time. So that's Paul Lockhart, your mechanic as well. Yeah, so he's been helping me, and yep. he done a few of my eighty mods back in the day. And yep. yeah, he's he's interested in helping me, and I really appreciate it. So at seven years old, how long did you stay on that peewee? Did you swap it out pretty quick? I like went like went up the grades a lot, honestly. Yep. In the eighteen months, because I was like seven, eight, nine, I went from that to the Divi two which I didn't like as much, 65 and then 80, yeah. and then 85 and all that. So, yeah, it was pretty big progression in those couple of years, but it was fun. When did the travel start? Like, obviously, Mike Hatch is a local circuit. It's a great circuit to have, and looks like we're there for another year or whatever. There's more works happening, which is cool. Um, when did the travel start? Because it's a flat track race, so, man, you've got to do some miles. Yeah, well, my first ever title event, I think it was at Bali Ranch, I think New South Wales titles. Yep. I think it was like 2015 or something. I was racing against Tom and all that. And yeah, it was my first time. I was racing 80 mod in the 65. I think I got fourth in both. I can't remember. Mm -hmm. I was third on the 65 and then Tom rode around the outside of me in the last corner. Wow. <laughs> but um, yeah, that's where it all started. And 
Yeah, it was so cool. So as a club, as a club rider, you were quick back then? Oh, I took a bit, but yeah, I got up to speed eventually. So when you went to a title, you've gone from, you know, this area to being there with uh, Tom Drain and all the other riders that come up in your class. Yeah. Was it a big, was it a big threat? Was it a big, was it a weird feeling to go to that or what? Not really, because I was like, mainly my mates at the time were like Josh Hall and Travis Hall. Yep. So I didn't really know anyone else. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just hung around Josh and Travis and yeah, like I didn't really matter what it was. It was just fun at the time and yep. obviously just a kid having fun. The the era that you're you're currently in of riders, like you look at Travis, Josh, um, yourself, trains, far out there's some talented there's some talented youth coming through racing in Australia, hey? Yeah, there's a lot. Um, it's a bit eye-opening now to see how much talent there is and yep. how majority of the kids are doing well. Mm. And, uh, yeah, it's great to see because it shows that Australia has a lot of talent. Yep. And, yeah. It, and, and there's pathways now, like obviously rookies, um, the Moto3 series. We've seen, obviously, um, you know, different riders go through it over the years and that uh, – CV, isn't it? That's what it's called. Yeah, CV. They call it Junior GP now. It's confusing. Yeah. I must say, like living in Australia, it's a bit confusing because like we've just had CEV now, there's just different tiers of it and it's very difficult to actually find things on that. I don't know yeah. if you've had to look here, but it's quite a quite a search to try and find different things of results and stuff sometimes. Yeah, it's hard. difficult. If you're new to it, yep. it's, it's challenging and obviously if the time zone difference, like mm. in Spain, we're nine hours behind you guys. So yep. yeah, the time zone to watch the races, you'd be up at midnight while it's... I don't know, in the morning or midday there, so, yeah. yeah. It's difficult. What's yeah. the, um, now, you, you're saying your dad rode bikes and raced bikes. I, di- I didn't know this, but I thought he was a car, car, car. So he was a motorcycle racer? Yeah, so he raced bikes for a bit. Yep. Um, yeah, he did, I think he started quite late. Right. But he made, his main focus and what he raced was dirt track. Yep. So he did a lot of that. So the bike thing for you, though, wasn't turned on until that day with my catches? Pretty much, I was because like I never was around bikes at that yep. time. It was mainly just cars, 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 cars. Like going to Sandown, Bathurst, like yep. those things. I used to like look up to Craig Lowndes and people like that a lot. So yep. all I wanted to do was cars, and then kind of went to the bikes. I thought, oh, this is fun. So yeah, a lot of motorsport people can turn their hand at anything within motorsport, right? Now. With your group of mates, do you ever go go karting? Like over, say, when you're back in Spain or here or anything? No, not really. Not just really. kind of chill out. Be interesting to see what you were like now. Because, like, you've got your skill set of racecraft and everything from the bike. Yeah. Supermoto on go kart tracks. Be interesting to see where you're at in a kart now. You know, muscle memory comes back and just to see where you're at. I'd be useless, but yeah, I actually kind of want to get a kart and go out to Ipswich and have a go. I'm keen to have a go. Yeah. It is a good sport. Yeah. You know, the karting side it. of it. So now uh, you, you've obviously been to Bali Ranch. Tell us about that. That was one thing. Where did you proceed after that? You got fourth in, was that a New South Wales title? Yeah, it was a New South Wales title. Yep. Can't really remember after that, but mainly it was doing Aussie titles, obviously Queensland titles. We were doing everything. Yep. And then when I was about nine, that's when the road career started, sort of. It started with GP, GP Juniors or something like that, run by Mark Brax. Yep. And then I started doing Moto Stars events with Damon Cudlin as well. Yep. And then, yeah, regarding the dirt track scene, um, yeah, pretty much just 
after that, was doing everything we could. Club days at Hatches, club days at Brisbane. Yeah. We went to Townsville, people like that. So, so you're just riding every weekend? Pretty much. Yeah. How, how, do, how do you balance school, riding, training? Like, at, at the successful point of it, you're a professional. Like, no matter your age, like, everything's focused on that at some point, you know? How do you balance it all? Yeah, that was good because um, it was challenging a lot yeah. um, to try and balance school and stuff. It was all right in primary school, but as soon as I went to high school, like, I tried to tell the, like, the school what I had on and whatnot. So they helped me whenever they could. Yeah. But obviously going to Europe, but yeah, I started to do homeschool. And it was easier, mm-hmm. but I struggled a lot to learn. And obviously when I got injured and stuff, I couldn't keep up. So I was behind the eight ball and... Yep. Yeah, I was playing catch-up a lot. So I can imagine, you know, uh, coming home on Monday morning after an Australian dirt track title somewhere and you're thinking about having to go to school the next morning. That would be a terrible thought. Yeah, it was kind of a terrible thought, but at the same time, I thought, well, mum and dad have put a lot into me. Yeah. I kind of have to put it back, don't I? So For sure. It was funny. We, um, like 2019, I did a race in Okayama with Senna. Yep. We flew home. It was like a seven-hour flight. I landed early in the morning and I was like to dad, I was like, oh, can I have the dad school? He said, not. Drove home, got changed and he dropped me off. He said, see you later. And I was in by nine o'clock. No one knew that I went to Japan for the week. Are you serious? Yeah. All right, that's crazy, isn't it? Like, yeah. And you just go back to normal life. Pretty much. Because you come from, yeah, like that, that would be so hard, especially racing over there. You'd be racing with some pretty hardcore racers in that point too. Yeah, well, for me, like the first year of road racing was Asia Talent Cup, like internationally. Yep. I went to Japan a few times with Senna to like get a bit more experience yep. since I was only 12 at the time and I couldn't really race here. Had to wait until I was 13. So I went over there and did a few races. And yeah, it was tough because I'd never really had any experience on the road. Yep. I was all right. I wasn't quick, but that year was a lot of like, a lot of practice, a lot of hours put into it to try yep. and get up to speed, and it's paid off, obviously, with where I'm at now. For sure. But, um, yeah, it was difficult. What's the age difference between you and Senna? Senna's 17, so about 12 months or so. Okay. I think he's yep. in August, his birthday. Right, so it's, yeah, about 12 months. So it's sort of like one one year ahead in most of the sport, you know, just sort of um, as you're going up the classes through things like dirt track and that, you're sort of in that bracket, aren't you? Yeah, kind of yep. when I started, it was at the end point of yep. bumping up. So, yeah, pretty much. How was it? Like, who did you travel with when you went to Japan, like those first few times? Those first place? few times with a center. Yeah. So, um, and Kazoo. And Kazoo, yeah. Yeah, so that was pretty cool. I enjoyed it. A lot <laughs> of laughs out of it. Because I was going to say, like, you're 12 years old. You just travel as a child over? Like, do you have... Does your dad go? Or yeah, dad went as well. Yep. So it was like dad, obviously me, yep. Jonathan, Jono. Senna's dad, yep. and then Kazoo. So it was like a little group and, yeah, it was good. So riding for Kazoo, because Kazoo has a few laughs. Yeah. How was, <laughs> how was that? Yeah, it was fun. Oh, honestly, each time I think about Japan just makes me smile because it was just so much fun. Really? I really enjoyed it. The atmosphere of MFJ Championship was cool. Yep. To have like... From being here, there's like five NSFs. To go on over there, there's like 25. Wow. We raced a few, like, against a few girls. One was deaf, so she had, like, special lights on her bike to when to shift gears and, wow. like, pretty cool stuff to, like, see. And 
obviously at the time wanted to do moto three and yeah. go up that go that way. To see that many blocks was pretty cool. Mate, to be twelve years old, like you were at that time, that's an experience that's like non purchasable. You know what I mean? Like it's it's such a you know, to see a, a deaf girl riding a motorcycle with lights like you know what I mean? Like there's so many different things like that's a pretty cool experience to be able to achieve. Yeah, at the time you think, oh, yeah, cool. Like you want to race. Like you just yeah. want to race. Yep. But when you look back and you're like, damn, that was that's pretty cool to yep. like admire what that person's done. And like obviously she's a bit older, but it doesn't matter. Like you're deaf. Like it's yeah. impressive. Like yeah. to race a motorbike at that. And she was pretty good too. Like yep. it was, yeah, it's really cool. And to have the assistance and the knowledge to be able to just this is how we're going to do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. What's it like racing 25 of them on track at once? Not too bad. I struggled when I first went there. My first race was in Mategi. I think I was, like, around top 15 to 10. Yep. That was mainly where I was at. The second time when I went back, I improved. I was battling with Senna inside the top 10. Yep. But, um, yeah, it was really good because I learned a lot, lot of craft as I needed the race craft up for Asia Talent Cup. Yep. Um. Yeah, that, that year was a really big learning year. And I got some decent results in Asia Talent Cup, but, yeah, there was a lot of crashes too. How do you go with crashes? Are oh. you a good crash? You know how some people just can crash and they just escape things? Are you a good crasher? Yeah, I thought I was until yeah. 2021. I smashed myself into pieces and, yeah. What happened pretty. there, mate? Yeah, so my first injury in 21, I got taken out Valencia in yep. qualifying. Whereabouts? Uh, as you exit out of turn one, you know, like the little straight. Yep. I was like in behind Mario Aji and I got a better run on him. And like I was there and then he got kind of swerved to the left and just clipped me front wheel and I went over. Yep. And that fractured my collarbone. So I was out for about six weeks. Well, humming and hiring to get surgery, but because of the age I was at, I was only about, f- what, 14. So, yep. yeah, to get it was a bit humming and hiring, but... I wish I got it because my collarbone was healing like that and each time I fell off it was just a pain in the ass. We just kept flaking. Yeah, just kept flaking and yeah. it was never comfortable. So I like missed out for six weeks. Majority, I missed out on all races, honestly. Yeah. Um, I returned back. My first race was at Saxon Ring. That was my best weekend yet. Yep. Learned the new circuit and obviously being back with Red Bull was good. Mm-hmm. I think I scored a inside top 10 in both races, I think. So yep. it was good achievement. I felt pretty happy. And then the following week after that was Portimao for uh, Matto Fru Junior. And I was having a good weekend. Qualifying wasn't as good, but the practice and stuff, it showed that I had some sort of speed. Yep. And uh, for the race, I kind of wanted to turn it around and show that I'm fast. And obviously if what's happened, that I'm still quick. And yep. I wanted to prove a bit of a point, but yeah, it was a bit of a shocking race at the start. It all ended pretty early anyway, but I just wanted to push on and charge my way forward, and I did. But, yeah, I kind of wasn't thinking enough and just got carried away and smashed the throttle and sent myself to the moon. And, yeah, broke me femur when I had my crash, and then they come back around for another lap, and, yeah, they got my uh, tibia. So I had a compound fracture. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. So you're sitting in poor T-mail with that. Dad's over there with you? Yeah, Dad came over a week before. Yep. So, yeah, it was a bit of an experience for him, I guess, because he hasn't seen me. I went over with Steph in March. Yep. And he came over a week before. 
that accident. So yeah, he got a oh, wow. full so experience of it. Five months. He comes over the week before, and then, yep. Yeah, and basically spent almost a month in hospital with me, sleeping on a chair. So yeah, it wasn't pretty. So tell me, tell me what happens. Like at that time, what are you fourteen? At that, that point? Yeah, I was 15, fourteen by then. Fifteen. Yeah. Um, is there insurance? As a racer, like what happens with that stuff? You got to get insurance. So we have, I'm not sure, best doctors or something, but yeah, you need insurance. Part of the series and that you have to. Yeah, but yeah. just internationally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we had insurance. Dawna helped a bit, as um, it was a bit, not pointing fingers, but a bit of their fault as well with okay. the accident. So um, anyway, moving on. Yeah, I had to have insurance, obviously. So yeah. I had spent. About two weeks in Portimao, I had my first surgery overnight, and because of how my leg was wasn't wasn't good, floating knee and stuff, and basically my legs just f- flopping. Um, they just put like rails in me to like stabilize the bones, make sure like the f- swelling goes down but like releases it, I guess. Yeah. And I had that on for yeah about two weeks, and then I got privately transferred to Barcelona on a little plane yep. and then I went for surgery with Dr. Genevera and he put rods in my leg. Wow. How did you go after that? Like, uh, how did your mobility go? Like, that's a huge, huge injury. Yeah, it was at the time and mentally it was tough. I really struggled a lot. Yep. Um, yeah, it was tough, really tough. To look back at it now, it was, it's good to see how far I've come. At the time, I, yeah, wasn't very yeah. happy. And, um, yeah, mobility took a while. It took me about two months to recover. And the problem was my femur was healing fine, mainly because of the compound fracture in my tibia, which I'm sure if people see me, they see the big scar on my leg. looks like a shark attack. But, um, Jeez. yeah, it took a while, but it's been pretty good now. Mate, the, the thing is, too, I guess you... you you're conscious, right? Because, like, you, you've had a leg injury. Yeah. But the rest of your body's pretty good, you know? So you're sitting there, you're very aware of everything else that's happening in the world. You're looking at, um, yeah, all the race results coming through. That'd be tough. Yeah, it was tough, but at the time, in those, like, to get through it, I was telling myself I'm quitting. So yeah. I just was, like, trying to disconnect. Just, like, I was missing home a lot. I was missing my mum and sister. FaceTiming them a lot. Um, it was good to like be able to speak to people that have been put through those type of injuries because it was the first time I've had like a major injury. Yep. And yeah, it took a bit out of me, but to speak to people about it and like Brock Pearson, Bayless, Herfoss, because he did it a week before me. Yep. It helped me a lot to like push on. And then obviously I was telling myself I'm done and then the day I got... Um, was allowed to leave hospital, went and watched Jack, Billy and a couple of others at the cart track and I was like, oh, I want to ride again. Wow. <laughs> so, it happened that quick. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it was pretty cool. And that's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's amazing. Like um, I know when I spoke to Darcy Ward, right, the people who reach out in, in times where something's happened, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, he had Mark Webber and all, all sorts of different folk, um, you know, he had obviously a crazy accident with what happened to Darcy and everything, but it was interesting just, you know, um, people do care. You know, it doesn't matter who, what you are, but 
um, if somebody's had that before, it just helps so much to have that support and say, this is what's, you know, these are the things you're going to expect or, you know, just a conversation, I guess, doesn't it? It helps. Yeah, it's it's pretty impressive to see how much of a community we really are, yep. like how much we do care about each other. And, yeah, like as a big bike community to all come together when yep. someone's injured or whatnot, it's pretty impressive to see, like, all the paddock I got not spanned but like so many messages and saying get well soon but like so many riders and even GP like riders like they don't have to take their time to say that to me but they do so yeah to see how much people care yeah it's pretty mind blowing so that uh, that happened at Portimao so that's mid middle of the year September Um, did you race again that year yeah so it happened 4th of July know that pretty well yeah right <laughs> um yeah it took two months and i wasn't really sure if i was gonna be able to return yep i missed out on doing the last round of red bull but speaking to the doctor going back and forward they said i could probably come back and finish the final round of valencia for cv yeah i wanted to try and make masano the doctor said yes i can ride practice but not race but it rained during the practice and qualifying. I thought, nah, there's no point. Like, yep. all the hard work I've done, and if I have one single crash, kind of just delays the progress again. So I um, kind of stayed put, and I was back to riding in a few months after that. I got given the sort of clear, yep. just simply to cut laps, not try and set the world on fire. So I simply listened to that, and it was just constantly trying to ride again get a bit of bike fitness and obviously try and get a bit of mobility back in my leg. How, how long did it take for you to trust it? Well... Do you trust it now? That's probably... Trust it now, but yep. honestly, I trusted it after I had a high side when I come back for that last round. It was half wet, half dry, and I come across like a, a wet patch in yep. turn one. We had slicks on. I've railed in there. It's just massive high side. I slapped my legs. I was just like, oh, this is going to hurt. I was making sure I was all right, and then took myself a minute, and then I got up and hobbled off. I was like, all right, I'm I'm okay, but just, yeah, just calm down a bit. Because that's, that's like you hear of, uh, like, football players and that, like, say they do an ACL. Um, you know, it's fully recovered. you got got all, all clear, but to step off to that foot or move to that foot, there's just so much, you know, um, it's just trust, you know, because you, yeah. you've gone through a program to get to that point. You know, yeah. How much do I push it? How much do I trust it? But you must have banged yourself down pretty hard on that other high side you just mentioned too. Yeah, I did, especially I landed on that side. So it did hurt, but exactly yeah. that. Like I've been able to work on my leg and whatnot. So it's never the same as what it used to be. The muscle strength is a lot different. Yep. So each day I've been trying to do it with elastic bands. Just If I'm watching telly, just lying down, doing movements with it to yep. try and strengthen my glutes and whatnot. So, yeah, you understand when is the time, when is the not. I still get a little bit of pain, but I, I'm at the point now it's almost going to be 18 months in July, so it's kind of coming back to normal. Awesome. It's cool to hear. Yeah. What's it like riding a Moto 3 bike? Pretty cool. Um, yeah. Every, every other kid's dream, I guess, to ride a Moto 3, so... Yeah. To actually have a ride on like what you watch on telly was pretty cool. And to even experience having a wild card in the world championship was even cooler again. So yeah. to ride the Moto 3, they're about 80 kilos, so they're pretty light. They got a bit of power. Like 
I've, if you watch a few videos of me having a high side, I fly pretty high. But, yep. um, yeah, yeah, they're a lot of fun. I really enjoyed it. They, yeah. On rails? Like, what, what, what about that? What's the feeling? Oh, it's difficult because the, the feeling you get, it's a Grand Prix chassis, so it's all stiff. Like, if you come from production bikes, it's not as easy. But you kind of get used to it. And obviously, with the previous years of me riding a Moto 3 NSF, it's like a little bit lower to the proper Moto 3. Yep. You get a feeling and understanding of what that tyre does and obviously the chassis. So, yeah, to get on it was pretty cool. And I loved it. I remember the first time I rode, I couldn't stop smiling. And yeah, it was pretty cool. What's the grip like? Is it just endless? Mm. Yeah, to a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing's endless. Yeah, yep. so, yeah, you've skinnier tyres, so mm. you, I don't know how to describe it, but, yeah, compared to a bigger tyre, you're not going to be spinning up and stuff. It doesn't have enough power. Yeah. So it's a lot of corner speed required. Um, yeah, just trying to flow, obviously, because obviously being the lightest you can and carry as much corner, corner speed you can, you're going to be the fastest in Moto3, and that's really what it's all about. So, yeah, every little bit, like the one percenters of tucking, and yep. it's so crucial in Moto3. So to work on things for corner speed and that, do you have, like, drills? Like, do you ride an ovale? Or what do you do for, when you're back over there? What do you do? Um, so, yeah, when I was in Moto3, obviously, yeah, riding uh, ovales and whatnot, yep. a lot of flat track. And, yeah, obviously I set myself drills and... You're obviously going to keep learning because you're not perfect. There's always yeah. stuff to improve on. And, um, yeah, I learned a lot and was able to, like, benefit it those first couple of years in Moto3 Juniors because it's very simple what I had to work on. But yeah. not simple at the time, but just to do laps. Yeah. So any sort of bike, like little bikes and whatnot, to focus on uh, a little bit more wider entry, whatnot, a bit more flow. Um, yeah, I could work on that a lot, and it helped. So, like, and, and I'm going to go backwards in a, in a sec about racing in America and flat track and stuff, but to bring it to sort of now, like, what's your new on an R6 here? Like, you, you've been to different places, set lap records in 2023, right? You're, you're, you're riding very well, right? Yeah. What's been the biggest thing about that? Like, I, I just... You're like the field we've got in super sport here is quick, like really, really quick. It's a competitive field. But how can you be 1.5? Like, obviously, it's practice and drills and corner speed. And, but how do you get, how, do you, how, how are you doing that? Well, most of that's come from my experience in Europe. There's, it's all that, eh? Yeah, 30 other guys that are fast. Like, yeah. you can still learn from the guy that's in last place. Like, sometimes their lines are completely different to what you're doing, but you're like, oh, that's actually not too bad. Mm. So you're always learning stuff. And, yeah, in Mother Street, it always requires corner speed. Like, you can't come in too hot. You can't stuff up the exit. You need to just make it as one. So to go back on the Super Sport, yeah, I kind of just ride it like it's a Mother Street, even though you can't really ride it like a Mother mm. Street. But that's where my corner speeds come from because I've been riding Mother Shrees for, I don't know, three, three or four years. So it's been a while. So smooth. Like, just... Um, like I've watched it Sydney, Phillip Island now this this year and just so smooth. Like it's, you know, just hitting the marks every time. The 
apart from that one Phillip Island thing that yeah, we'll yeah. get to, <laughs> the bike hasn't been out of shape. It just looks so fantastic for the year. I'm like, um, smooth is fast, that's the old saying, but uh, it's been just real cool to watch. Like you just got just such a fluid motion the whole time and uh, just the laps, it's just consistent, fast, 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 fast. There's no there's no way that you look at it and go, oh, how am I going to, how would I make up that? How it just, it's like perfect laps and that's what a lap record is. And, um, it's been cool to watch, man. Yeah, it was good. Um, I feel a and well, especially at Eastern Creek. I wanted to prove that I'm quick. Obviously yeah. I was doing all right at the bend, but I wanted to try and break lap records, be consistent at that pace and yep. whatnot. So yeah, I had a good setup, obviously with my little crew. And, uh, yeah, Philip Bolland, I really wanted to break the lap record. I kind of just kept it to myself because, as we all know, what Philip Bolland's like, you can have a sunny day and it's mint. And yeah. other times, yeah, you don't know, it's going to be raining or whatnot. But, um, yeah, to achieve that was pretty satisfying. And to prove myself that I can do it was even better because just a little bit more of a confidence boost to do that. So, um yeah, to get it done the first race, basically on my first full flying lap, yeah, it was pretty cool. And to be – that record sat for so long. Yeah. Like Brian's lap record is – what year was it? It was nine, wasn't it? I don't know. Might it have been 2009. Yeah, probably. It was 14 years, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, 2009. Yeah. So to to hit that, man, that's – yeah. That's, yeah, that's it's cool. impressive to yep. see how a lap record like that has held yeah. for that long. Like, yeah, the bike evolution, yeah, tra- track surfacing. Um, There's you know, many tires. things you can yeah uh, make a list of, and yeah, everything's different to like from then to now. Yep, his lap in 09 must have been that, that would have been, been mega. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. To hold it for so long, that must have been a huge lap. So, tell me about racing America, American flat track. What's that like? Yeah, so I went and did that in 2018, uh, AMA Nash, like amateurs, yep. with Tom Drain. We were racing the 85 TTX class, which is standard, and the mod class. Yep. So Tom and I had um, just KDM 85s, had suspension done to it, and kept them standard so we can ride in both classes. So did you bring your fork and that over from here or? No, we got all our bikes. All done like we bought the bikes over there, I think. Oh, what was the name? Suspension. Can't fully remember, but they're pretty famous. I think they did jacks as well. Yep. Solid performance, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they did our suspension and yeah, it was just all kind of kicked off from there. It was in Illinois. I think, how many races did we have? 30. We had um, TT, short track, half mile. Damn. So, yeah, it was a pretty cool experience. What's half mile like in 85? You have a bit of time on your hands, wouldn't you? Yeah, long and boring. <laughs> I yep. struggled a lot on the half mile. I think I got third and stuff. Tom cleaned up. He was yep. riding really good. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Tom and I cleaned up basically against all the Yanks in 85. He he won the championship, but him and I were basically battling yep. between us. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. At what moment does, like... Uh do you look at going road? Like obviously you're saying about with Braxy with the junior carp and everything. Um, it's because it's a big change because, you know, you're, you're riding with your peers on dirt, dirt yeah. track. Not everyone makes the move over to road race. Um, what, what, made you, what made you do it originally? So I kind of got into it from uh, Wayne Hall, like Travis and yeah. Josh's dad. He um, kind of got me into it through that. Started just Motard 65 at um, Lakeside and... Where else did we go? Mainly just Lakeside. Oh, yeah. 
So it kind of it's just for fun. But that particular year, 2018, I think I was was I on the 70 or one of the 70 or 80 on the metric hit, and yeah, I was doing Braxy's uh, championship. Yep. So kind of that was the year where I was doing like road as well. So I was doing a mix of both. Sort of like the pages at the moment. Yeah. Because they, they uh, if you look at calendars, man, they they got a pretty well stacked calendar at the moment. What they're doing, their program. And yeah, they live. They live one door down, so I'm always seeing them and asking them how it's going. And yeah, they got a busy schedule. Yeah, for sure. It's and it's cool. And and they're they're following the path. It's like the modern path. I, I feel like they're following the path of um, what you've done. You know, yep. the drains. Um, they're following that sort of that sort of pathway and succeeding too. Yeah, it's great to see. They're doing a lot, but they yep. have the big passion for it. And I think, obviously, if you're going to do it, you need passion. Yeah. It doesn't matter what it is. You need it. So to see how much fun they're having as a family, yep. it's really cool to see. Yeah, no, they're heavily involved. And, yeah, it's uh, yeah, they're killing it. They're going good. Like, we, I watched some Bathurst the other week. And, um, yeah, fast. Fast yeah. track. How did you enjoy it last year? Bathurst? Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty good. Um. I was a bit useless, honestly. I struggled. I rode the 252 two-stroke. Yep. I won that. But on the 450, I struggled. I didn't even make the rapid charge. I, like, missed out by two points because I had one bad heat and missed a start in the other. But it doesn't matter. It was just for fun. And, yeah, it was a lot of fun. I'd never ridden a track like that that yep. quick since Bali Ranch. But I only rode Bali Ranch on a 65 and 85. So It's fast, eh? The speed is... difference was a lot. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I couldn't believe like that was my first time there the other week, and um, that would have been an eye opener for you to go and ride. Like you just get there and it's fast, like real fast. Yeah, it was something I always wanted to do because like I remember they ran the eighty-five class, yep. but I think you had to be a certain age. Right. And I missed out, and then they stopped doing the Bathurst event there, so mm. I was like kind of bummed because I really wanted to do it. So to do the event was, yeah, kind of one ticked on the list, I guess you can say. So it's cool. Yeah, it was pretty cool. How, how do you go about this? Um, Moto3 last year, doing the, the wild cards, right? Yep. How, like, you, your, your name's been around now for a fair few years within the media with what you're doing with rookies and everything, but all of a sudden you get a debut of a MotoGP ride, right? the 658 team, pretty damn cool, you know, as well, yeah. at Masano. How do you deal with all the pressure of that? Like, you just seem like a pretty cruisy person, to be honest. Is that how you deal with it? Just, uh, I'll just do my thing and ride? What do you do? I try to. I try to be humble as, as I can be, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's challenging over there until, until you have a go. You'll understand how, how hard it is. So, yeah. in my opinion, I just try to be humble and appreciate the opportunities I get because not every kid like me has that opportunity. So... You can't just enjoy it. But, yeah, the pressure wasn't as much pressure until FP1. I started to feel it, just the nerves. And I didn't feel like I rode good because I was just running on, like, so much adrenaline and so nervous um, to do a wild card at uh, Simicelli's home track. It's pretty special. And, yeah, it was an opportunity that I'll never forget. So what happens, like you say... uh Monday morning comes around because it happened pretty quickly that one didn't it that oh it went so fast so you say say a Monday or I don't know what day but say a Monday that you get a call to say hey we would like you to ride this bike you get to the track by Wednesday what's the first introduction what's the 
what happens out the back? Like, here's your leathers, here's your helmet, here's our bike, off you go. Like, what? how does it work? Um, yeah, well, planning, because I broke my collarbone the first round of CV. Yep. So I was in Catalonia GP, seeing the team and seeing some other people. And uh, we were speaking about doing a wild card, cause I w- or be a replacement for a felon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And we were speaking about it, we are trying to decide where can we do one. Um, obviously not cra- clashing with the Red Bull, because yeah. with the Red Bull, you can't really do that. Um, yeah, so we said, well, we'll try Masano. So I kind of just kept it quiet the whole time. That's why I did the CIV round, since uh, I missed out the previous year. To I didn't get any laps around Masano. So that CIV round was mainly for that, to yeah. try and learn the track. And the results didn't really matter. I was just there to learn the track and... Obviously, I had some of my team, like, team members there. So to help understand it quick, yep. get an understanding was, yeah, pretty good. That makes sense now. Yeah. Yeah. If there's always, and it's good, there's always a plan to something. Like if you, if you've, you know, there's always something, isn't there? The way, oh, we'll do this because in the future we're going to be doing this. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was uh, pretty tough to organise because it was my bike to yep. do that CIV round and, you need a certain engine from the Italian Federation and oh, really? my one wasn't, yeah, it was a lot of hard work for especially dad, mainly him, because he's yep. the one that supplies me a bike and yep. and whatnot. So, um, yeah, I was really grateful for everything that the people around me put in because, yep. uh, yeah, obviously to get the opportunity of doing a wild card, you want to try and do well. For sure. So, yeah, it was pretty flat out trying to do it and um yeah looking back on it yeah it was really cool so you get team photos get done like guess all this stuff happens you know like um uh i do a lot of the social media for a couple of different brands that you've ridden with uh here locally yeah um and we get sent the photos through the week say if it's a helmet you wear which you're not wearing this year um, so you know yeah. what I mean like you get yeah, yeah. you get different photos of things like that um, this is the press re- releasing and then when FP1 comes when you've got all those nerves does it disappear or does it just adrenaline and it just takes over I thought I was handling it pretty good like yeah. up until the Friday morning like I was yeah. pretty calm Thursday was alright getting pictures and doing the I was all calm and collected and then just as soon as I put my seat on yeah I was just starting to like I didn't know what to do. I was just so nervous yeah. but excited. But um, obviously the first session was tough because there was a new, not a new tyre compound, but it was new to me because I've never used it. Yep. So it was a harder compound. And it rained the, overnight, so the track was all green, a bit slippery. Wow. And, yeah, I was kind of stressing because I wasn't getting a good feeling with it, especially it's a new tyre I've never used, so I'm not used to it. Yep. And I wasn't really taking time to understand it. I just wanted to go because I could see when I come in, like come in after the first 15 minutes, I look at Fodgy's on top and he's already at lap record pace. I'm like, how is that even possible? Wow. Like first 15 minutes. So it was like mind blown, but like just simple things like that made me realize like, hey, world championship, they're not here mucking around. Like they're straight into it. So I learned a lot in those sort of aspects and that's what I was training to do. Yep. just like trying to make it happen straight away. It's a lot of risk, but that's how it is in world championships. So yeah, to mm. learn and see what 
those sort of guys do, yeah, I really look look back on it and appreciate it. Like, isn't it isn't it crazy that like any of those top say it's twenty six riders? That's about right, I think. Yeah, I think thirty. Thirty yeah. riders. Yep. Thirty riders are the thirty best in the world. Like, there's no weaknesses there, hey. Like, yeah. it's a strong field. Yeah. All thirty. I was. I didn't have an expectation, but I was aiming for top 15. I thought if I can be in the top 15, yep. that's a good achievement. And I thought it was achievable. But obviously after FP1, I was like, oh, scratching my head a bit. Like I've got a bit of work to do. So uh, yeah, I tried to just knuckle down, push on with it. And yeah, exactly that. There's so many fast people. Like it's, it's incredible, honestly, when you yep. get higher up in the ranks, how good people are. Yeah. And like the time difference between them all. Like in the end, I think I was 1.5 off five years pole, and I was 27th. And I was just like, oh. like one and a half seconds. Like, it's, yeah, it's nothing, eh? Yeah, it's a lot in racing, but it's, yeah. it's nothing. Like, yeah, why it's not? nothing. But since you're on track, you're like, holy crap, that was so much. Like, yeah, yeah, you know, 26 lap race or whatever Masano is. Yeah, it's a bit. Yeah, it was yeah. a lot. So, so how do you? So what happens after that? Do you get, what do you do? Do you go back to the drawing board and go, okay, these are the things I need to work on. I need to more corner entry. What, what did you learn from that? It was difficult because Masano, I was still green to it, didn't really understand a lot. Mm. Like I'm racing against guys that like Fodgy's had, I don't know, 10, 10 years in the world championship. Yep. So he can ride that around that track with his eyes shut. Yep. I'm flat out trying to see, trying to hit the apex. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, learnt, I just learned the so many basic things and like obviously I don't want to always say everything because that's kind of what I got out of that yeah but um yeah to understand the way they do things and yeah I worked on it it was it was a bit tough to like see how fast they were and how kind of down I was but I kind of got over and was like well if that's what I want to do I've got to step it up a bit and work on those things so I took a break, I went home for a week and then come back at Aragon. I said, well, I'm going to like pick up where we like start off, I guess. Um, just working yep. towards after Masana, just working in a different way because in CV you have the Thursday unofficial practice, three 40-minute sessions. So wow. you can cut around all day, but I was like, no, I want, I just want to get straight into it. Like yep. no stuffing around, like I want to, focus on this and work like that because that's what it is in the world championship my cool outlook it's yeah this is what you want to do you know what i mean like this is it like it's um it's pretty cool outlook to have yeah and it started to pay off and the results wasn't as much got a bit unlucky but i crashed in and whatnot but i improved on those things um obviously the weight difference in the end was starting to play a bit of a factor in it but, what, um, what do you mean there? Like uh, I was a bit more heavier compared to the other guys. Yep. The KDM was a bit more stronger, like off the exit of the corners, yep. like those first, second gears, they were a little bit stronger, just made a little bit of a gap to the Honda. Yep. But in the flowing corners, the Honda was good. Like There was a bit of a, I guess, good and bad about both bikes. Yep. But yeah, the weight difference started to play a bit of a factor as I was a little bit more heavier. Um, yeah, I was struggling in a straight line with compared to the other guys. And that's amazing to think. Like, yeah, it's such a such a mathematical sport, you know? Yeah. Moto two will be better. 
Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, obviously, I'm not really that heavy compared to other guys in Moto Two, so I can just try and get a bit more stronger and obviously fitter. So, yeah, it's been happy. Well, I've been happy with it. So obviously, the R6 is a production motorcycle here, but talk horsepower and all those sorts of things. Riding here this year with that has probably been good for you for training, and it's not a full-blown, you know, race non-production bike. Yeah. But it'll be a good tr learning curve to get into that Moto2 series, I'm guessing, yeah? Yeah, exactly. Um, yep. Yeah, the weight difference is not so much. Yep. Obviously, chassis and power livery is different, but yep. it's close to what I'm going to ride. Mm. Uh, if I was still riding a Moto3, yeah, it's very yep. different. When I had the test, I was a bit surprised how heavy it felt and stuff like that. But, yeah, exactly. To do so many laps on the 600 kind of prepares me to, obviously, when I start testing on the Moto2, so, yeah, it's been paying off. So when you're back over Andorra? Yeah, where are you Barcelona. Based? Barcelona? Yep. What do you do? What's your, what's your week? What's a regular week over these past few years been? Cycle? Cycle, um, gym. Yep. Um, usually I try to ride once or twice a week. Motorbike of some form? Yeah, moto, yep. like a uh, flat track, Ovale, minibike, yep. or try and do a track day somewhere like Valencia or Barcelona. Every week? Yeah, usually we try and yep. find something. And the good thing over there, which I can take in as an advantage compared to the guys here, is that we can ride basically whenever we want at a go-kart track. Like, it, it's a lot compared to the guys here. Yeah. So how's that work? Like, as someone that's from here that hasn't been there myself, how does that work? Do, you just, do they just have organised meets or do you have a group of you just go, we're going to rock up here and race supermotos? What, what's it work? How's it work? Um, well, where I was based, there's about a track five minutes down the road. It's called Cardin Salent. It's where I was always riding over Vale, and you see yeah. some of the GP guys riding over Vale's too. That's the track that I was at. Um, obviously, I had a trainer, Alesh Santa Cruz, so he kind of organised when to do it. Yep. But pretty much the track was free every day. You just told them, hey, we want to come. Uh, I don't know, pay uh, 80 euro yep. for it for the day and off you go. But um, usually if there was carts there or something, it was pretty crazy. We'd have 15 minutes each, they'd have 15, like. It's cool. Yeah, we d it made it work and yeah, it was cool. Now they go to a track day at Valencia, uh, what would you ride, would that be the three the three bike? Like, would you take a team? Would you, how, how do you do that? Like a track day through the week, what happens there? Uh, so obviously calendar, you just try and find track days, yep. like here at home, like you got champion ride days and whatnot. Same sort of deal. <laughs> Yeah, so yep. you just see that, and obviously I got a 600 to train on, which I used a little bit, not, but not as much. And yep. I had that Beyond set to, but basically Moto3 prototype yep. with a Yamaha 450 engine in it. So I was using that quite a bit. Yep. And um, yeah, obviously there's many other tracks we went to that are like just in Spain, like Alcaraz and stuff. Not sure if you heard them, but yep. it's just like there's plenty of tracks to go and ride out. Man, that's. Do you love it? Yeah. Yeah. You, obviously, you've been home for five months. That's, yeah. that's you know, good to be home. Um, you must be excited to get back over there and get to work. You know? Yeah, I'm getting keen. I I usually try to not think about it as much, but obviously when I'm training, yeah, I'm working towards that particular goal. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I'm starting to get pretty keen to head back over there and get things underway, starting to itch a little bit. Round one, where, where does it start? 
So first round is in 7th of May at Estrell. Yep. So when I get there, I fly out 1st of April. Mm -hmm. I got a week to settle in, get over jet lag, whatnot. Um, and then I drive south of Spain to, I think, Almira or something. Yep. To do a couple of days of testing there. Got a week to spare. And then I'm testing at Estrell again. Then I stay a couple of days there in Lisbon. And then, yeah, our first round kicks off. Wow. It's pretty crazy. There's a lot, a lot on in five weeks' time. Yeah. Honestly, when I get there, I'm pretty much on the go, so which is good. Yeah. Keep, keep them busy. Um, yeah, doing what I want to be there for, so I'm not just sitting around waiting for it, so it's all go, go, go. I think, I think the good thing with that too is like um, the busyness is a good thing. It's what you want to do. And the business keeps away that little homesick part that's going to happen to everyone. You know, like it's yeah. just like, uh, you know, I'm so busy that this is what and this is what I want to do. This is it. You know. Yeah. What What's been a pinch yourself moment in your career so far? Like you're, how old are you now? I'm 16. 16 now. So you're basically nine to 10 years into racing bikes. What's been a pinch yourself thing that you've got to do? Might even be racing. It could be whatever. But what's been one of those things that you go, well, that was a pretty cool moment. Basically, what I'm doing right now. Um, the podcast. Could, oh no! Like just yeah. <laughs> Sorry, mate. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, racing in Europe. Yeah. Looking like in the moment, mm. you don't really have time to look back. Yeah. But obviously, when I come home and I scroll through my phone, looking at pictures and whatnot, like it's pretty cool to do what I'm doing. Um, obviously, anyone would say that. Yeah. So, like those years racing in Japan, like those are times that I really enjoyed it and yeah I don't know how to describe it but yeah it brings you like that satisfaction and you just want to like keep it going yep who's been biggest rival obviously last year was many yeah. uh don't know dirt track was Tom yep road don't know honestly there's so many but it was hard because I wasn't really in the fight for a championship with injuries and whatnot but obviously in Moto3 was uh, Jose Rueda he was tough he was real fast last year yeah he's he's shown that he's ready for the world championship and uh yeah it's good to see because he was on rails last year what's been your best bike you've ridden dirt track supermoto whatever what's been the funnest thing Moto2 was pretty cool when I first got on it I was pretty mind blown how quick that was and just power yeah just power like I haven't I didn't ride anything powerful like till then. Yep. But obviously that, and yeah, I had a few laps at Eastern Creek on the Superbike. So mm. yeah, that was pretty cool. How'd that come about? Well, um, it's Marcel's old bike that, yep. that he raced at the Bend. Uh, Dad bought it off Jack, so I was just the idea was just to cut some laps. I wanted to do the two sessions. I did the first session on it. That was pretty cool and then the second one I rolled out and then started to rain over the back so I thought oh, I'll just park it and yeah yeah it was, it was good I'm looking forward to having a few more laps on it later on yeah that's uh that's a cool looking machine too that old one yeah and Marcel shot this one hey yeah 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 it's, and was it fun the first session yeah the it didn't give me like a surprise how much quicker it was I thought I was gonna scare the crap out of myself but just mainly the torque on the exits of yep. the corner how wheelies and moves around underneath you was a bit of a surprise but the top end speed i i don't know it wasn't like holy crap it was just yeah. like oh okay 
Yeah, right. I, I guess the Moto Two bike already has yeah. prepared you for a bit of that sort of stuff, hasn't it? Yeah, I guess so. And obviously riding the six hundred, so yeah, six hundred. You're trying to carry more corner speed compared to a superbike. Superbike's a bit more stop, turn, and squirt on the exits. Yep. What's What's the plan now? You're sixteen. What's What happens now? Where do, obviously you're going back this year, but uh, what's the roadmap? Like, what's the goals? Where do you go? Yeah. Well, so this year I've got Moto Two Junior. Yep. It's going to be a learning year. Um, kind of want to prove a point that I'm quick and I'm just, I'm there for me, not doing it for anyone else. It's always been like that, but it's at the point now I really want to show that I'm competitive and I can win. Um, yeah, obviously to do world championship, you got to be 18 now. So this will be a learning year, like stepping towards next year. Yep. And then next year, really trying to show that I'm here to win again and try and win the championship and obviously try and get some sort of wild card or some opportunity for that next step into the world championship. Yeah. So could you, in theory, at 17, do a wild card, like with an age? No. It's just not possible now, hey? Yeah. Uh, Dorna gave me dispensation for the Moto3. Yeah. But since I'm on the Moto2 now, no, just... Got to be 18. Yeah, 18. Yeah. So you train, learning year, racing year, you're 18 the year after. Pretty much. Yeah. And then... The world, whatever happens. Yeah, see how it goes. Yep. Obviously, the next step overall, I want to be in world championship and, yeah, obviously, see how it goes from there. Yep. And what about uh, coming home this year? You'll come home halfway through the year, just take some time out. Yeah. Mid-season and then head back, finish it off. Uh, bend, end of the year? Yeah. Plan? Yeah. Yeah, okay. that's the plan. That's um, the plan. Yeah, I'll come home mid-year because I've got a bit of a gap. Yeah. Unlike the car past couple of years it's been uh basically over there for nine months straight mm. so now i can come home uh makes it a little bit easier for my family especially yep so they're trying to run a business and stuff so yeah it'd be a bit more nicer to come home i guess you can say and then yeah obviously come back and then head back over there again try and finish the season off strong yep and yeah have a bit of fun when i come home do the bend and I'm looking at trying to do Brisbane Cup if it's on, so yeah. Yeah, cool. That's cool, mate. Well, yeah. it's been it's been great having you home. Like you, you're so easy going. You give plenty of time to everyone in the pitch. See you around. It's unreal. Craig, the Craig Main from Indoor for Media. Yeah. Get some banging photos of you on the supermoto bike. He's gonna miss you a lot. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> some of those shots made of you like full lean out at the mini moto. Yeah. It's been pretty cool to watch. So um, thanks for making the time to come in. No worries. I can't wait to see what you achieve and I hope we get to do this again. And, you know, I can't wish you anything else but all the success you want. Um, you work so damn hard for it, so it's cool to see, mate. Thank you. I appreciate and appreciate everyone for the nice words and support. Awesome. Thanks, mate. Thank you. That's all we have time for in today's show. If you get the chance, head over to YouTube and hit subscribe on the Talk and Chatter page. Also, head over to iTunes and give us a star rating and a review there. It all helps to get the podcast out there. A big thank you goes to everyone that's been doing this already, and uh, we'll be back with another show soon.